increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to SDRonomics. This is going to be the Kenny show. Bill's just going to sit here and look. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just sat down and a few things. Location, location, location. There's a lot of different variations in how you can interpret location. And we're going to dive into, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them because it's so prevalent when you're trying to select market and properties. Kenny, you have the floor. So... I, I had the opportunity to go to a lot of different conferences this past year. I think I went to like eight, seven or eight. It was a lot. And uh, I've seen a lot of presentations from gurus or experts in the so-called experts in the industry. Am I a guru, Kenny? Do I fall into the guru category? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> you should answer. I'm going to ask you listeners. I don't know. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people teaching different concepts and... I also listened to several folks or, or they presented on how to evaluate revenue of a property. And we just talked about, we had a whole segment on why data is important. And, you know, I, I mentioned the three things, location, amenity or quality, and then comparable properties. But what, what I've learned from how people evaluate properties is the number one thing that they ignore in evaluating a market or a property is location. Um, number one, should that be like the first thing you're thinking yeah, about? It should. And I think the reason why is because in the last few, this is my theory, but in the last few years, you could short-term rental anywhere and make money. And so what happens when that, when that occurs is we begin to discount the location of a property or even a market. Uh, what I mean by that is certain markets, we're starting to see a dip in the terms of the number of bookings and travel to that general area. You know, we've seen this with North Georgia mountains, not to pick on that market, but it's just true. There's been a dip in traffic. You know, we, we see that in, uh, in other markets as well. And, and so what's that? North Georgia mountain hater. Yeah. Hater. No, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater on the, I'm not. Oh, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a hater. Yeah. There we you go. The real is the problem and the people that, call you a hater or me a hater don't have the data, right? Right. But it's just true. It's just look, foot traffic has decreased in certain markets and increased in others. And on, along with the, the correlation of the supply increasing as well. So, you know, what's going to happen? What's the consequences of those things? The, those basic economic practices, what's going to happen? So Token we're going data analyst. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, so where I'm going with this is I, I want to go back to the presentation I watched and they were talking about, you know, comparable properties and they were saying, look at this, look at the properties you see 
and which ones match the quality of the property that you're looking at. And the the issue with that is sure, they found some amazing, you know, there are properties you can find with maybe a similar floor plan or quality design. Oh yeah, I'll design my place like that or have those same amenities. I'll have that hot tub or I'm going to have that swimming pool or have that game room or the themed room or whatever that may be. But don't forget two hot tubs. Two hot tubs. Yeah, we'll talk about that, I guess. Um, but the the number one, and then they talk about, okay, now you you figure that out and then you look at how much revenue they're making and you use that to analyze. But they completely skipped out on the location of the properties. They didn't say, look at where those comparable properties are. They just said, they're in the same market. They're in the same radius of whatever, you know, you're right, a mile, five miles, 10 miles, pick a radius. It doesn't matter. They're in this circle, artificial circle that a computer map is generated, but it has no, it doesn't take into account the value of the location of the property. That is essential right now. That is the number one thing that we as short-term rental uh, investors need to be focusing on is where that property is physically located. I've touched on it before, property A next to property B will not, even though they're the same in terms of the, the layout, the design amenities, will not make the same revenue because there's other factors in play. And the number one thing is location. And the location could be the views. It, it, it really is correlated to what that traffic driver is. And I don't want to focus on the traffic drivers per se, because I feel like we've hit that one. We beat that dead horse pretty hard and you guys get it. But what I do want to emphasize is when we're looking in for a new market or markets in general, or even properties, we need to make sure we're evaluating based on location as well, not just the quality of the property, but the location. Now that uh, I, I think, you know, Bill's about to give some perfect examples of some other markets that people are running into that some issues. And it, it's not just on a property by property basis. It's a market by market basis as well. So it's kind of like a deep dive into two layers of that. Why location is so important and why we want to emphasize it. So I think when you say location, we're talking about like micro location on that street, the best view on the lake, whatever, you know, being closer, ski in, ski out, but it's also, you know, market. And the example that Kenny and I were chatting about is I've been researching the Montana market for two and a half years. I think I finally found the property. I'm uh, going to hopefully make an offer today. I've seen a lot of people that have tried to buy around the West Yellowstone area, specifically Island Park is kind of the sub-market for that, but it's essentially shut down now, the majority of it, unless you are in a subdivision that's plowing and all that type of stuff. And West Yellowstone, as an example, becomes literally majority like snowmobiles to get around town and to get to school and, and that type of stuff. So... Do you buy, you spend 750000 or a million or whatever to go into Island Park? Or do you go up out of like Bozeman, and which has a much more mild climate, but you can get just as close access to the north entrance to Yellowstone if Yellowstone is the primary traffic driver. So these are all things that we need to take into consideration when we're purchasing. It's not just you know, views property by property. Kenny's 100% correct. I'm just going to go back to the STR Wealth Conference last year. Remember my property, Kenny. One of the big differences for me to do, I think it was 120 or $130,000 more than the same house was the views. I have open lots in front of me. The other house has a sliver view. 
you know, right to it. I can market it differently. But it's also when you're looking at the macro level, like I look at, I own a lake property and, and uh, I guess it's kind of Northern Alabama, almost down to the middle of Alabama. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. It's usually five to seven degrees warmer in Alabama than it is in Nashville, whether it's this time of the year and even during the summer. I look at a lot of people make a lot of money with lakes in Michigan, uh, the Arkells, you know, and our mastermind that are crushing it up in Wisconsin. But it seems to me there's like this Mason-Dixon line that's just no man's land through the middle of the country to where I probably personally would not invest. I mean, what's the temperature right now in Branson, Missouri? Is anybody on the water? You know, if you're, if you're investing into Table Rock Lake, right, which a lot of people have bought these eight-bedroom, ten-bedroom homes on Table Rock, and literally that's like a five-month season. Mm. It's not a 12-month season. Whereas if you go to Lake Travis outside of Austin, much bigger traffic driver with the city of Austin, the population, but you have warmer weather, right? You look at Cedar Creek Lake on the southeast side of Dallas. All these different things that, that play different. Climate has a big impact on revenue, depending on the type of, if you're investing into a market around a lake, around a national park, and that geography becomes critical when we're selecting market first. That's why going back to what Kenny said nine minutes ago, that should be the very first thing. Really, the very first thing should be your budget, in my opinion. Then we need to look at that location. And, you know, I look at location, Kenny, I mean, Beach Mountain, North Carolina right? It's the largest ski resort. And I think Snowshoe might get bigger than that. I think it's expanding, but let's just say it's one of the largest on the East Coast. There's no chance I'm going to make the same money during during ski season that I could make in Steamboat Springs. I could make in Vail. But I'm also entering the market at probably 100%, maybe 200% less on a cost per square foot. That's all impacted by the location, right? Right. I think there's a lot of different definitions at a macro level, all the way down to a micro level that we need to be looking at when we're evaluating location and how that's going to directly affect gross revenue. But the other thing for location is access to services and the cost for services as well, which you're really going to find out if you do that research when you're building out your performance in the evaluation process to buy a property. Because it costs a lot more to get a property cleaned in Destin than it does in Gulf Shores. It costs more in Vail, Colorado than it does in Beach Mountain. So all of these things end up being impacted based on location. And I'm sure Kenny has a few more. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars, and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally 
is to get over how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. Yeah, I was just thinking too, like your timing of entry could be really, like I don't, I rarely talk to anyone who's like, okay, if I buy now and I get my rental ready to go in, you know, say January, how much revenue is it going to make? Am I going to have enough savings for to go into the peak season? You know, am I okay with that? Like there's, there's not a lot of discussion about, you know, timing and into location. So for example, you know, I know I'm living where out, Jenny. What? I'm living what you're saying right now. Yeah. So right now, if I'm buying in Montana, right, as we've just gone through shoulder season and every agent from Whitefish to Bozeman to Missoula to Big Sky will tell you that you need to buy before Christmas. Because if you wait around Christmas is when they take the properties off the market, right? And then they're going to wait for two reasons. One, they don't want agents, if they close their house down and there's a lot there in a big snowy area like West Yellowstone, Island Park, a lot of people will just shut the house down. They don't want the risk of the agent showing properties, especially to all these Californians and Nashvillians, you know, coming in. Uh, if you watch the show Yellowstone, you know, John Dutton doesn't want us coming in and investing in the- You're paying that 6% tax. Exactly. <laughs> double, 6% tax, double the property tax, all that type of stuff. But the reality is, is they, they don't want people because of the risk mitigation, right? But so the timing for me has to be, I got to execute this most likely in like the next 45 to 50 days. And I saw this when I was there last year uh, to look at properties that a lot of the ones that I was interested in when my first property fell through in Paradise Valley, they were getting pulled off the market. Two I would have pulled the trigger on were pulled off the market, all because of weather impacting the, the transactions by location, right? So what's what's different is, is it's going to be different in Bozeman, Montana, because their weather is a little bit more mild than it is where I'm looking in Whitefish, Montana, right? And the same thing is I invested in the beach so heavily down in Gulf Shores over the last four years, really five years. I would always buy on the back end of the market because I felt like I could get better deals in September, October, November, going into the winter, I would never buy going into the season. That strategy completely flipped because of COVID. When in 2021, I bought seven properties between February to June, really to July going into the season and sold them, right? I couldn't have done that in a different location. I can't do that in a ski location because I'm, I do that going into the season if I'm going to flip because I'm mitigating my risk with that rental income behind it right? All driven by location and weather pattern. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I mean, our Watkins Glen property, we bought, finally closed on it in April of this past year. And the season starts April, beginning of April when everyone comes. And so we had a bunch of work we had to do on that property and we got it up by Memorial Day at the end of May. And we missed you know, we missed a, a month of good income, but we knew we couldn't get everything done in time, but we just got it up and going what we could get. I'm still going to get a really good return on from that. But 
we planned that out. We knew, hey, look, we talked to people in the market. We knew the seasonality of the market. We knew that we were going to get the biggest bang for our buck if we put it on no matter what condition it was in. You know, it, it's in decent condition, but, you know, like new, uh, you know, rehab. We're going to wait on that rehab until the winter time when there's no traffic there. We planned that out. And that way we can maximize, allows us to maximize our returns and get that cash flow in. So it's self-funding itself. And then in the wintertime, when I expect no one to be staying there, I can then do all my you know, fixes and rehabs or whatever I want to do to the property and upgrade it and make it even better for the following season. So what's interesting about your property, Kenny, in the location topic is the location is close to Watkins Glen Speedway. So you need to plan those things kind of around racing time, right? NASCAR races, big compression yeah. events. You have views of the lake. So you're going to, you, I'm sure you have a great summertime. That's your, that's your peak time, right? It's summertime. Yeah, right? summer. All based on locate. These things are based on location. The snow, the, the geography, the weather pattern is based on the location. And those are things that we have to take into an account. So like one of the big things that I looked at when, and thank God I didn't buy a property like immediately June of 2020 in Montana when I went to visit for the very first time. I hadn't even seen an episode of Yellowstone at that point, Jenny, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> because I would have bought in a location that I probably would not want today. Too much snow. I would have bought as close to West Yellowstone. I have no desire to be in Island Park. No disrespect to anybody that's in Island Park. I think I can maximize my investment. Uh, much better, closer to Whitefish than I can in Island Park. And you, but once again, so I'll give an example. This property right now uh, that hopefully I'll have under contract today is between, it's 15 minutes from Glacier National Park. It is 120 yards roughly to get from the house to Flathead River for tubing, rafting, fishing, all that type of stuff. 30 minutes uh, to Whitefish Airport, Glacier National Airport, uh, 30 minutes to the ski slopes. So the location, even though it's not on a river, which is what Bria and my wife and I want for a lifestyle asset, the location is too damn good to pass up with the proximity to all of those different traffic drivers. Ease of access from the airport, skiing, downtown Whitefish, Glacier National Park, River and Hungry Horse Reserve, which is a lake, literally every one of those within 30 minutes. That's a check, 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 check. That's a cha-ching, cha-ching moneymaker, right? Because if I take that same house and I add 30 minutes to each of those, that's probably going to depreciate my gross revenue by 25 to 35%. These are the things that you guys have to know when you're evaluating location. Yeah, I agree. I, I think... So I, I had some interesting calls with some folks recently who were using STR Insights uh, <clears throat> about under, they were trying to find the right markets and they're like, Kenny, we're struggling. And then I'm like, okay, let's like, what, what are you looking for? And they're looking to be in markets that they're like, well, we want to be in a market where we can turn our property if needed into a long-term rental. And then, but it's also like a really good short-term rental. And I'm like, You've just narrowed where you can look, you know, like you can't do that in a lot of vacation rental markets today based on the housing prices and to transition this into, you know, understanding, like using that to help you find markets based on location is really like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, understand like risk is a part of the location as well. 
And so if you identify with this case, maybe vacation rental markets aren't really where you should be targeting. You know, if you still want your short term rentals, that's fine. But these people, we ended up going and looking in urban markets because their risk tolerance, they were looking for something that could work as a long term rental and a short term rental if they needed to exit. That's what they wanted to do. Um, a lot of people want to do that and they say, oh, well, if my short term rental doesn't work out, I'll turn it into a long term rental. How do you mitigate that against regulation volatility? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, it, there's nothing wrong with it of investing into urban markets. It just scares the shit out of me with what's happening everywhere, sweeping across this country with the regulation, right? So I think you're better off. You're much better off if you're going to invest into an urban market. What's again, location, location, location? Like in Nashville, Tennessee, that's a closed market to where you acquire an LLC, buy a property that's already permitted. You're going to be much safer than you go into someplace uh, that is unpermitted right now. Like, look at what's going on in Dallas right now. Yeah, Honolulu's been battling. Philadelphia's been battling. Blue Ridge, Georgia's been battling. All these places that are not traditional vacation rental markets, like the ski resorts, like the national parks, like the beaches, right? Those are never going to change. They're just going to jack up our freaking, you know, taxes, you know, like the 2% jack we just got in Gulf Shores. <laughs> so we're at 15% today. So all of this stuff is a cost of doing business and it's going to vary based on location. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I just, you know, I said this before and I'll say it again, when you define or predefine or just define that criteria before you start looking, it makes it a lot easier to find the right places to invest in. Um, you know, people ask me, well, how long did it take you to find, you know, your latest property? And I don't really like to tell people I did it in 10 minutes. 10 minutes, um, you find a sub $400,000 property that's like eight bedrooms and you can do one hundred fifty dollars $200,000. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't, I, yeah, because it's like the, look at SDR insights to figure that one out. It's a unicorn, but I mean, I, I but then I realized I mean, I mean, it's a great property at a great deal. Those that's still true. exist, right? Courtney's getting one right now. First, like 370, probably seller finance, going to do 140, 150. You guys can find these things, but you have to look in the right location. They don't exist in the traditional markets. They don't even exist in your sub markets. It's true. It's true. But I think we find them like if you ask Courtney or if you interviewed me beforehand and you're like, okay, break down what you did, not when you found it, but beforehand. Like what was the preparation beforehand? And I had identified, I was thinking about this the other day, what did I do to identify that market and then that property in that market? And it was podcast. Yeah. yeah podcast. It was, it was, it was that criteria, defining that criteria of personal preferences, uh, location restrictions, uh, regulation preferences, budget, uh, you know, ROI goals. You know, we talked about cash on cash and cash flow, like, understanding each of those beforehand, clearly defining those, and then identifying the right markets that fit those in the right locations. That's it. And then then you go down the next step is where in those markets is the right location. Okay, sweet. I found that. I circle that. And then you look for properties in that location. That And that's how I did it. Now, you know, I tell people, oh, I, well, I put in an SDR Insights. I found Watkins Glen. I then, you know, oh, where in Watkins Glen should I look here? Okay, I go on the MLS, boom, there's a property. 
call, put it under contract, done, great deal. You know, run the numbers, it's a great deal. But there's a lot of work and thought beforehand that went to get there to begin with. So it didn't take me, realistically, it didn't take me 10 minutes. It took me a lot of pre-work. I found that property right after, in the market, right after uh, our mastermind in Gold Shores round two. So uh, we had a mastermind meeting, we're in Gold Shores, and we were doing a lot of like goal setting and writing down that criteria. And I wrote that down. I had all these things written down in my notebook and I was ready to go. And that's what powered me and gave me the time. But that took time as well. So doing that's really where you upfront all your time in searching is not necessarily looking for that right property. Because if you do, if you have the right criteria, it, finding the right property is so much easier and so much faster. Um, and the opportunities will pop up. Agreed. And just one data point on that. So everybody knows when we were at that mastermind meeting, it was just spreadsheets. There was no user interface like what you guys see at STR. <laughs> yeah, that's true. to go through and make that decision that quickly was only available because of the goal setting and the, the determinations that he made beforehand. Yeah. It was, I, I, I didn't realize it. I really didn't think about that. It was just like, wow, I found this so quickly. Like, you know, I must be special. No. <laughs> but no, like I found it so quickly. Like you went through the, you went through the process ahead of time. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And I was you going to right? you better up. So were you. <laughs> I, I was going through my notebook and I was looking at I had written on, don't give all the mastermind secrets away, Kenny. Don't be Yeah, I know, right? There you go. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, but uh, that, that's really it. I mean, I don't know. That sounds like, I, I hope that doesn't sound like, oh, it's super simple and stupid, but it's really what it takes. And it, it, it can be a very complicated process, but it can be distilled down to about five to eight different decisions that you need to make ahead of time. And if you document them like Kenny did, as he mentioned, he said he was taking notes in his workbook, right? Going to make it a lot easier when you get the end of the heat of that. And I'm just, this episode, Kenny's probably going to come out sometime between Christmas and uh, New Year's, I would imagine. So those of you that are coming to the STR Wealth Conference, I'm just going to give you a little seed. If you want to be able to be much better at that, then make sure you pay close attention to something when you walk in that main entrance, the STR Wealth Conference. But most importantly, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kenny. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Happy hosting you. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.